know what time it is um Rollins how's your week been my week has been decent this week <laughs> not decent I, well, decent. I started I, I've been juicing this week so I feel physically great but my inner my inner person wants some pizza so you know that has been a, it's been an interesting dichotomy but my skin is glowing so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm a stick beside it so but you, you know it's been a week, so this is like my first week back to work since the holidays, and so I, you know, it's it's. I feel like the first week back is always just like, what the hell is this? I used to do all this work, like it's, it's like, a lot going on. Like, what is this job? Yeah, like damn, they 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 really on me. They want a lot for me today. So, but yeah, overall, it's been a, it's been a good week. It's been a decent week. It's been a you know, everybody has their days. So I had some days. I'm like, well, I'm mentally exhausted, but I felt refreshed. Got my water with lemon. I'm feeling great. How you? How's your week been, Jess? My week has been. It has been. Um, you know, like you said, it's like I had two weeks off a break, so having that long that that much of time off and then going back to work, like you said, I'm just like, what? What is this? What's happening? What's good? What, what, what is this? And it's like problems. Y'all, y'all want to talk to me? Like, what's going on? You me? know, y'all want to talk to me? Me? This is what I'm supposed to be doing? Talking? Um. So yeah, it was good. It it seemed like it dragged on this week, and I don't know why because we had Monday off. But like, baby, this week was just dragging. But um, we made it through. So it it is good. It's it can be only up from here, right? Oh, listen, if it never, and if it's up, then it's, it's up. Okay. Period. So, what are we talking about on track therapy today? So this week, actually, we were invited to be a part of a panel, Trap Therapy's very first panel. Yeah. Um, and so what we were talking about, um, what we're going to speak on is just about the 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 topic of the panel is about us being better together. You know, managing, um, coming together, being connected, um, and we talked about a lot of um, transitional life issues, um, current, you know, ongoing daily mental health struggles, um, and just stuff like I feel like associated with a lot of people in college or you know transitioning from college to the real world, as they call it, you know, things like that, and kind of just giving people tools and how to set up and resources on how to um, improve their overall mental health. Yes, Lord. College years were fun, but they were so ghetto to me when I yeah, actually was I'm like, what exactly now what really was going on? What because was that? I think of college as like organized chaos. Mm. <laughs> mm. Okay. I get I, I, hey. I just nothing really made sense, but at the end it all comes together. So it's just kind of like, I mean, I guess, yeah. Um, but yeah, we were invited on a panel with this amazing, amazing organization called a bevy. Um, and a bevy is an organization that literally they specify and they hone in on self-awareness, especially for young adults, right? So they produce creative and introspective experience that assists young adults in discovering their passion, their path, and their purpose 
It is an amazing, amazing organization for college students. I honestly wish I had something like a bevy at my school when mm -hmm. I was in college because I probably would have been so toxic and chaotic in college if I actually had it. But you know what? I'm better now. So, so there's mm. What is mm. my, as we're talking about college, what was your, like, one of your best college experiences and one of your worst? <laughs> Lord, I was about to say worst. One of my best college experiences. Hmm. Oh, Jesus. What did you love about college? Oh, God. See, I've never really, it's funny. I've never been like a school person. I hate, I hate it. I've always hated school. It's been really easy. I've hated it. Um, my, what I think I loved about college, um, what I loved about college is I feel like college prepared me for the real world as far as problem solving, being away from home. And I wasn't like terribly far, but I was far away enough where I wasn't at home except for breaks. Um, but learning how to handle things on my own without having the, oh, my mom will come up here or I can, you know, just have yeah. those things, like those life transitions of being like going to talk to financial aid, having a job, working, um, doing schoolwork, doing all that stuff, living, problems, having a roommate. So, you know, problem solving, like conflict and things like that. But I think that for me, um, those were so many important lessons that I learned there being by myself that I really feel like helped me when I moved, um, when I relocated. Because mm -hmm. um, it showed me like, oh, this is, you know, how to handle those day-to-day -day things. Like, so that was pretty much what I would say was the best thing for college for me because I feel like it prepares you for, you know, the real world in a way that you don't necessarily get living at home or, or staying home or being in your hometown for college. Yeah, that's, so what that, that's what I would say. Um, worst experience? You know, honestly, I think that um, then I wasn't aware of, of as many um, opportunities um mm -hmm. and like schools that I could have went to or tried to go to I just kind of applied to like the ones that were in my area and kind of went and just kind of went from there so I think like the colleges I would have loved I would have loved to think I went to like an HBCU or tried to you know to have like a different so I went to like a Catholic private college so it was just me you went to a Catholic private I went college? to a uh, what is it a PWC I did I did this name was lit but I I now that, that you know but I think that where I was at that time, I just didn't have the same awareness and I, I think resources and, you know, I think even like things were just different. It was a different time when I graduated um, that I would have loved to have been like, oh, to, to have an opportunity to be on the campus with people who predominantly look like me. That's what yeah. I would say. How about you? I think one of my best experiences or just like besides the fact of like learning how to be accountable for myself because there's nobody else to tell you like, you need to do this. You need to do that. You know, um, well, like gaining the friendships that I've had. Mm -hmm. Like I have friends that I have literally, and they're like my best friends, my sisters that I have known since college. And now mm -hmm. it's crazy to think about that. It's like, I was in college all those years ago. And here I am like as a grown adult woman. And like, I still have these friends mm -hmm. and like still have the same friendship and it's like yeah. even better, you know? Um, so I think that's one of the things that's like the best thing that I actually got from college. The worst experiences was yeah. Oh. I don't know. I had a I had a lot of just not a lot, but you know, everybody got the college experience, but it's like, girl, why are you doing this? 
you know you need to be somewhere asleep because you got an exam tomorrow. But I think one of the worst things that actually happened to me, but I have an, I had an amazing professor. I slept in on my final, baby. No, no. Yes. What are you doing? No, baby. What was I doing? My, I had for some, that final was at 8 a.m. Now, I don't know what... Mm. Thinking was busy because why is this even at eight o'clock a.m.? But yeah, I thought I had my alarm set for the next morning. It was not. My professor called me, which shout out to my professor. That's why you need good relationships with your teachers and your professors because they'll help you out in the long run. And she was like, "Um, JT, are you coming to your exam?" And I was like, and it was like eight forty-five. And I got up out of bed and I ran to the building and I took my exam and I actually aced it. But you know, with exams, you only got like two hours to take it. Right. And then, like, you done. Time is up. Moving on to the next thing. Talk about stress. Fred. Just listen. Just, just imagine you just knocked mouth wide open sleep while this exam is going on. It's just. Amazing. Like, are you coming to take your exam today? I'm like, what? I guess she thought that I was hurt or something because I always be in class and I would not miss no damn exams. It was yeah. very, it's just very on brand. It's very, I'm very, very, it's very on brand. <laughs> very on brand for me. Shit. Yeah, so yeah, this episode is really going to help the college kids out um, and probably help y'all older people out too because y'all probably still dealing with the same thing. It's just manifested through work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it don't, it don't, it don't stop. It just, it just, it gets worse for you for the old hoes. So, you know, down y'all too. all downhill from here. You ready to get into it? We're going to get into it. All right. All right. Really excited to have. Um, the host of therapy here with us and to give us an experience as members, um, just as attendees, so we can get a little bit of that. So if you guys can go ahead and welcome Jess and Raw. They already had their cup. They had their cups this morning. I already peeped that, so I'm excited. Hey, y'all. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) We're pretty much always ready. We, We, yeah. Ready to get into you? You ready to get into it, Jess? We're ready to get into it. What's up, y'all? My name is Jess. Me and this bald head man who is drinking his coffee right now. His name is Ra, and we are the co-hosts and the co-creators of a podcast called Trap Therapy. We decided that we wanted to make Trap Therapy last year because, you know, people are starting to talk about therapy more, specifically Black people. But just because we're talking about it, that doesn't mean that we're actually doing it. So we're trying to make a podcast that's relatable not only relatable but also educational at the same time so that people are able to gain some tools around mental wellness gain some education around mental health and actually implement it into their life therapy can sometimes be a very intimidating thing once you first start because you don't really know what you get into and with our podcast trap therapy we wanted to make it known this like therapy is really just like a conversation and a dialogue between two people that happen and it just so happens that the person that you're talking to is an expertise in how your mind works and emotions and feelings and they really just help you to organize those thoughts and become a better person it's not as scary and as intimidating as you know society can make it out to be 
Um, so yeah, that's just kind of what trap therapy is all about. Before we get started, me and Rollis are going to tell you our credentials. So y'all know y'all ain't talking to people who really don't know what they are talking about. Ain't no middle of the mall people. We, we ain't no middle of the mall people, okay? <laughs> um, so yeah, I have been counseling for about six years, roughly. I'm currently a school counselor, but I started in substance abuse counseling, and then I moved on to family therapy. I have my master's in um, psych. No, I have my bachelor's in psychology, my master's in professional counseling, and I'm currently working on my doctorate in community counseling with a concentration in marriage and family therapy. Ra? So my name is Rylis. Um, I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor. Um, I'm currently based in Texas, um, but I'm licensed as well in Florida and North Carolina. Um, currently, I do outpatient, but I have extensively done mobile crisis. Um, inpatient, family-based therapy, um, so a bunch of different types of therapeutic interventions that I've been familiar with. Um, and so just to kind of piggyback off what Jess was saying, part of the, the trap part of it is like, we want to make this fun. We wanted, we wanted to show that you can be a therapist, but you can still have a life afterwards. We're a therapist, but we're in the trap music, and we love it, and we break down lyrics that can relate to you in different places. So part of this, to, you know, to keep this interactive and everything was to make sure that we are keeping you involved. So the first thing I want to ask now that the chat is available is, what are some things that you guys have been struggling with, let's say, over the past three years um, regarding, um, you know, just coming together, being social, and, you know, things that have going on. So just... While you guys are doing that, me and Jess are going to kind of talk about, like, um, how we even realize, like, better together. Even presented the idea of the podcast was very much coming from a place of, I could do this by myself, but this may not be as interesting. I may not be able to have as much dialogue. And, um, you know, we all got to talk about the panoramic at some point, the Pandora box. But once that whole thing started, you know, we even, within our friendship circle and within our group um, setting, we made sure that we were still being social, even though we could not physically be present. So we had video game nights. We watched movies together. It's like socially, like we, we did a lot of things that we focused more on what we were able to do versus what we were not able to do. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've found that people struggle with is like, well, I can't do this no more. I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, what can you do? Because focusing on what you can't do is not necessarily going to get you anywhere. It's kind of the time to figure out what is still available, what are some of the resources that you have going on. So I'm looking at comments now, which is great. Um, one of the things that has, I see coming up is imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. um, savior complex, academia procrastination, toxicity, helping things in. So these are wonderful topics, and I definitely wanted to open the floor so that we can... Um, Touch on some of these things. So, um, procrastination and consistency. I'll listen. <laughs> okay. Planning. Planning, I feel like, and that is along with just as a coping skill, a tool. Planning is like the key thing that I have found to be the most specific thing. And when I'm working with clients, when I say planning, I don't mean like giving yourself a closed window. So don't say, I'm going to do it next week. Baby, next week is way too long. That's that's way too broad because Monday will come and you go, like, ah, I got Tuesday. And it's always going to be a reason. There's always going to be something that comes up. So it's getting very specific. Of, I'm doing this Monday, Monday at 5 o'clock. If Monday at 5 o'clock doesn't work, if something comes up, if a backup plan doesn't work, keeping yourself accountable to that way. But if you give yourself too broad of objectives of saying, oh, I got six months to do it. That's a long time, baby. What you doing this week? Um, and always kind of going back and doing those things. So like, what do you think about those, Justin? Do you 
Yeah, planning, honestly, it has to be short term, right? We're living in uh, our daily lives can be chaotic. You guys are in college or you're working adults. Things can change from time to time. Short term planning is where you're able to actually decrease your actual procrastination. So if I say, look, at 11 o'clock, I'm getting up, I'm cleaning my house, I'm going to the gym, it's like, boom. Then once you actually accomplish that goal, you gain a little bit more confidence because it's kind of like, mm. I did it when I said I was supposed to do it, which also helps to decrease your procrastination. Mm. Procrastination is just all in your mind, honestly. It's really how your anxiety is manifested, right? Most of the time, we procrastinate with things because we think it's like way too much of a task to do or it's way too heavy of a burden or maybe we're like fearful or dreadful of actually completing it because we can't think that we're going to hold up to it or we're not going to do it right, so really, it's just cutting down the anxiety in your head and also saying, like, I can actually do this. I'm going to just go ahead and do it. Yeah, and, and a part of it can also be having an accountability partner, finding someone that you know is going to, you know, hold you. I feel like I'm a wonderful accountability partner. I'm gonna let you, you are. Know. Like, Jess, now you know you need to order them contacts. Now you know <laughs> your eyes are messed up. They're drying out. When are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? And it's and it's not to you know to have that support. It's not like oh I may need that um, somebody to be there. I may need that accountability. And I think that is part of the better together. Is that kind of like we can't do it out here alone. I think everybody is like I'm gonna I'm gonna get it out the mud on my own. Baby, you don't got to. It's fine. You can ask for help. It's okay. Like those are things that happen. And I think you can make big plans on term goals, but also always understanding you're not gonna get there unless you're doing those small things to get there. Right. And. and but I think as long as you're making some progress and you're doing the small things, if something comes up and you have to shift your narrative, if you have to change the dynamic, if you have to alternate a plan, it doesn't feel as bad because you're like, oh, this is a small bump in the road, a change that I've had to make, but I'm still on the same path versus, you know, um, looking at the situation is, oh, I haven't done, this is this is all, you know, and I think a lot of times people can like overgeneralize. You make one mistake, you miss a day where you didn't go to the gym, you exercise, and now it's just like all gone it's just kind of going back and re-strategizing it's like you know what yesterday this happened so now now know what i have now what do i need to do next to kind of keep going on to that path and getting that thing completed yeah so in the chat it says isn't procrastination a result of perfectionism not always not always you don't have to be a perfectionist to be able to have like procrastination manifested into your life um with perfectionism i think sometimes we get confused on what actually perfectionism is Perfectionism is a thing where you have an all or nothing attitude about literally everything. There is no in between. It is always black and white. If you don't do one task like in a day, let's say you did everything in that you were supposed to do and plan during a day and then one thing failed, like maybe going to the grocery store or planning out your next day. Perfect. If you're a perfectionist, you would say to yourself, my whole day was an absolute failure because you didn't do that one that one specific thing. So sometimes procrastination is all not always a result of perfectionism. No, absolutely. And I think, so another thing is um, saying that, I, I definitely think procrastination is anxiety because I think the more you procrastinate, it's kind of like, I don't really have to deal with the possible result that I don't want. That basically like, I, it's almost like, I don't like how I feel procrastinating, but I'm almost comfortable with it because I'm used to it. So I'm used to feeling like this. It doesn't feel great, but I'm used to it. But that's better than, oh, if I actually went out and done some of these things 
what would what would actually happen because that's an unknown that I've never experienced. So I think a lot of people set up this, these dynamics and set up distractions and kind of make themselves distracted. So it's like, oh, I got distracted, but a lot of people will seek out distractions in order to avoid certain things to not have to um, cross those barriers. So I think those are a lot of things. And I think that just kind of transitions that can be in work, school, relationships. It's it's a it's a way of like I'm gonna put that off because I don't want to um, face what the possible outcome is but i think that's a lot of times it's like oh we you're so focused on what the negative outcomes are it's like oh this could actually be it could actually work out for you but mm-hmm. anxiety doesn't make you think that for everything for every outcome i want to say most people i know you can think of 10 negative outcomes right now but if i ask you to say like give me five of them it, you might, take you 50, it might take you 20 minutes to actually do that but the negatives oh baby you could you could spew them out period yeah like Cause you, but that's how that's how your your mind is so used to already focusing on the negative that it actually takes more work to make a positive. positive. Absolutely. Yeah, I know some of, look some of the world does not believe in science. I know that, but it's scientifically proven that you have to have five pep positive thoughts for every one negative thought, right? Because we can seek out the negative easily. If you be like, what what was bad about your day yesterday? Y'all could go on and on and on. But if I'm like, okay, tell me like six good things that happened to you yesterday. You would be looking at me like, I just told you my day was bad, you know? So, um, okay, we're going to get into the next segment because we could really stay on procrastination for like 40 minutes, honestly. Um, but so when we talk about struggling, Struggling can look different on everybody, right? Just because I'm struggling in a certain way and Rollis is not struggling the same way that I am, that doesn't mean that he's not also carrying a heavy burden also, right? So in the chat right now, I'm going to go down a list of maybe how people may be struggling. If you relate, you could be like, yep, that's me. I relate. Or I got somebody who does that, even though that somebody is you. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay. There's definitely going to be some asking for a friend. Um, I'm just asking for a friend. Girl, we know the friend is you. The friend is you, but we're going to tell you anyways. Right. We're going to tell you anyways. All right. So when it comes to struggling, um, sometimes struggling looks different. Like I said, you might be struggling with relationships, friends, and partners. And that's not saying that the relationship is going bad, but maybe you're not communicating properly or maybe you're not loving that person as full to their to your fullest potential as you can right sometimes right maybe it's like a strange relationship now maybe you're becoming distracted and you're not able to give 100 percent. so that's how we can all have that's how we can struggle um being anxious about the future right so that's being like i don't know what's i don't know if i'm past this test tomorrow i don't know if i'm going to get this promotion like you're always your negative self-talk really takes over more than it usually should that's how you know that you're struggling okay finding it hard to concentrate listen for me in the in the panoramic i was just like i don't i don't i I can't concentrate on anything i don't even know what's going on i literally have no clue what is going on and that's how i knew to myself that like mm, i'm struggling because i can't even get past reading this first page of this research study i've read this research study literally eight times and i still have no clue what is going on in this paper right that's how i knew i was struggling lack of energy when we talk about struggling sometimes our symptoms can be like they can be physical symptoms right so maybe you may sleep a whole lot more or maybe you might sleep a whole lot less Maybe you have frequent headaches. Maybe now you're getting stomach pains. Maybe now you're actually getting more sick 
despite of Omarion and the and the COVID variant, maybe you're getting more sick than you actually did get sick in the past, you know? So I think that's important too. I think sometimes we think that mental health is just one entire thing, but your mental health can actually affect your whole entire body, right? Being in a Panasonic is ghetto. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, it is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not cute. Um, another way of maybe you're struggling is maybe you're not enjoying or wanting to do the things that you used to do before in the past that actually like brought you happiness. You know, maybe you like to kick it with your friends or maybe you like to go to museums or the local bar or whatever the case might be. Maybe it's just like, mm, yeah, I don't feel it. I actually don't want to do that anymore. It's like, but you literally love to do this all the time. That's how we know who I'm struggling a little bit more than what I'm supposed to be struggling with. Um, we already talked about feeling restless and agitated, but also agitation is like, me and Ralph talk about this a lot on, on Trap Therapy. Absolutely. Agitation is a thing where you think maybe you're just annoyed with the day-to-day -day life or just little things annoy you, but it's like, I don't understand why you're so agitated about being in traffic and you know there's traffic literally every single day when you get home. Like, calm down. <laughs> Like everything is a surprise. Like, oh, I don't know why these people out here. Like, you out here, though. Why are you surprised about everybody else? <laughs> everything but, is surprise. You know, every yeah. week you have a meeting at at two o'clock on Wednesday, and you aggravate it. I don't know why. I don't know. You already know what's supposed to be happening, right? right. I'm not surprised. I'm just mad. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> exactly. We see each other. I understand. So. So I think the biggest thing that, um, that I've seen, like, a lot of you guys feel attacked because this is perfect because that's exactly how we want you to feel. Like, every week in trap therapy, if you don't feel attacked, basically we haven't done our job. And so part of it, so some of the things that I'm going to come to is some coping do's and don'ts. I'm going to start with the do's first. We're going we gonna, we gonna to come in nice first, and then we're going to talk about the don'ts. But um, So part of the thing is, like, trap therapy is a free podcast that Jess and I do a lot of these topics as far as imposter syndrome, relationships, friendships, are a lot of things that we talk about. We've done, been recording since, I want to say since the summer, so there's about 10 episodes, so feel free to check in and a lot, a lot, a lot of episodes. Utilizing healthy social support. So that is going to people that you know you can depend on. So if there are people in your life who have never supported you emotionally or in a certain way, baby, we're not going to go no. to them. For support we're not talking about that. So reaching out to say, hey, I really could use somebody to talk to, but they've never been that person. We're not going to continue to try to force that because that, that may not give you um, what you're looking for. And I, so I think part of that is um, taking out time and mindfulness and saying, if I needed help uh, to deal with um, financial stress that I'm worried about, who is the best person I go to? Who's going to give me the, the best advice? If I need help talking about my relationship, is, you know, talking to my friend who don't like my boyfriend or girlfriend? Is that the person I probably want to listen to? No, probably not. Let, let me let me let me readjust. That may not be the person um, to talk to. And I think if it is, is like if I'm having a life transition issue, is having someone who I know is going to take my side regardless. Is that the best person for me to reach out to? And I think a lot of times if we do the homework and really think about some of these relationships, we'll realize like yeah. I need support, but there are certain people who are supportive in certain ways, and that's okay, but I think that's part of it, acknowledging um, where people are. Um, and then it, during this time, I've learned that a lot of people are able to like, work on your professional development, set goals for yourself. There's a lot of so much um, resources now because everything is virtual. There are so many opportunities to do things that 
we have never been able to do before. You know, like even um, therapy is even virtual now, which is not something that has been something I would have ever thought would have been possible. So these are like all tools that you can use, um, exercise, journaling, prioritizing your needs, um, anything like that, that you feel like. And I feel like this is a great time of discovery to figure out like, you know what, now I have more time right now. I have time where I'm home and I, there's a lot of things that I may have never had time to do that. Now I'm like, oh, I actually have time to explore this. Um, I have time to explore, I don't know, start beat making start a podcast, start different things. Like this, there's a lot of time um, to do things like that. So along with coping dues, there are some don'ts. And don'ts can be um, basically anything that, any, a lot of things are good in moderation, but basically if you're doing it too much, it, it could be a problem. So you going out, ain't nothing wrong with going out, ain't, ain't going out, have a good time. Maybe if you out every night, that that you know, hey. you work in the morning. That that you might want to slow down. You might want to take you know take a break. Everybody like to eat. I love to go out to eat. If you're going out to eat too much and it's kind of ineffective with your financial situation, it's kind of setting you back. And it's kind of recognizing like, oh, maybe maybe I'm doing this too much. Maybe this is kind of working past the point of now. It's creating. Um, additional issues for me. And I think so much of what people do is they do things and be like, oh, it feels good in the moment, but if it's going to create a longer or bigger term stressor, then it's actually not providing you with the support that you need. And that can look like anything. So if you like to go out and have, you know, get lit with your friends, hey, I ain't going to judge you, but hey, as long as you, the next day you're doing what you need to do. Um, and so there are a lot of things like that that I think that people get into in this situation. And I think that even sleep, regular things that are stuff that are essential is kind of, oh, is this, is this still productive? Is this cutting into what I need to do to be a, a, a healthy functioning person? And I think taking time out to figuring out what your baseline is, what, what when you're functioning really well, when you're doing the best that you can, what does that look like? So for me, it may be, oh, running four or five times a week. And then, you know, taking time to realize, like, you know what? I haven't ran in four weeks. I haven't ran in three weeks. That means something to me. That means I'm not functioning where I may be. Not to anybody else, that may be okay. But for me, that's like, oh, that's something that I know when I'm optimizing and I'm being my the best version of myself. That's something that's consistent for me. And so I always know if I haven't ran all week, this is a problem. Right, because you know, your, you know your baseline. I tell like all my clients, all my students that nobody is there. You are your own greatest expert, right? So literally, can't nobody tell you what your baseline, not even a therapist, not your mama, not your daddy, not your sister, not your cousin. They do not know where your baseline is to be a fully functioning, healthy person. So kind of like Ross said, he knows that his baseline is he, he, he (laughs) runs both times a week. Now me, I don't. Right. I'm not doing that. You know, that's not my baseline. I'm not even running once a week. You know, I'll go to the studio. I'll work out, but I'm not running four times a week. So my baseline looks different from his baseline, if that makes sense. But you got to figure out where that is for you. If you know that you have ordered DoorDash and I, DoorDash, they be running it up because it, it's only $10 to eat. But then by the time it gets delivered to you, it's 35 So now y'all done dipped into your weekend funds. So now we need to... we. <laughs> The promos will get you because as soon as you're not wanting it, they'll be like, oh, we can give you a discount. They'll be like, not today, say it's not today. <laughs> not today. Not today, right? So maybe your baseline is maybe you order DoorDash once a week, but now you've ordered DoorDash five times this week and it's only been for one meal and you haven't had breakfast or lunch. It's like, my God, like, hey, this 
that I, I know I'm struggling here because something is not right. But yeah, you have to actually find coping skills and coping tools that work for you because they also don't work the same on everybody. Absolutely. And I think, you know, and it's, and it's just a different recognition. I think even you can look at your environment. If you go home and realize, like, my house is very organized, I teach people a lot that your house is often a representation of how you're feeling internally. So if your house is just chaos right now, it's no wonder that you feel chaotic. It's no wonder that you feel unorganized and that, you know, it's very easy to be like, oh, I just start this way and I just run and do this and I just run and do this. Your house, whatever your house looks like right now, is more than likely, or your apartment, your room, whatever, is probably a representation of how you're feeling internally or where you are right now. So if right now it looks like chaos. You're chaotic you're right now. We function in chaos. <laughs> we're going to need you to get it together. You're going to get it together, but you know. Yeah. And that's prioritizing. Like if you, if you, you know, and I'm not, if you're going out to eat, that's cool. But if you have a bunch of groceries in your house that are going bad, that you haven't used and stuff like that, are you, oh, so, oh, I feel like I might have did something. So I'm just saying that that might be telling you something. Are you, are you being the most mindful? Are you, are you actually planning? Cause are you being wasteful? It's not a judgment, but these are things that um, people do that they don't realize that it's like, oh, you're setting up these dynamics that you don't even realize. Like you're setting up, you're setting up these additional stresses. There's a lot of things that feel great in the moment, feel great in the moment, but long term it's gonna, it's gonna set you back and then i think what happens is then you have regrets oh i should have done this and then i think that just kind of starts the cycle then you start beating yourself up you make a plan i'm gonna do this you get all tangent and be like damn i could have been doing this for the last one and look at me so i think it's just kind of recognizing that cycle and like at a certain point just stopping and saying hey this would be great right now but long term that's not really going to get me closer towards what it is that I want to do. We got to break the cycle. And that also comes down to also what Rollo said is finding an accountability partner. If you have a friend who is like always organized or they're doing the things that they need to do, you just need to be like, hey, can you stay on my ass? If you come in my apartment or my room in the next week and it still looks the same, tell me we're not going out to eat. And I'll, I'll get it together. You know, if you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend that's, or a partner who is like a really amazing supportive partner, you need to be like, hey, can you hold me accountable? Tell me you're not going to see me until I get my stuff together. You know what? Hey, that's good. I'll bet you get your house in order. You know? So. Even a friend that comes over your house like, oh, what is going on here? Is this? Ooh, a white refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> like this. It sounds judgmental, but hey, somebody needs to call you out. And I think that's just part of one of the things that we we're very big on accountability, like self accountability. Everybody else um, having accountability for one another because I think that's so important. Like, to recognize, we see like to recognize that I see somebody struggling, and I think that's very um, consistent with knowing that. Just because I see just she's working every day, like she's getting everything done, but I'm like, oh, she's just moody every day. Like she's just not. In a, a, she doesn't seem like herself it's okay to be like hey i know you're getting all this stuff done but you just don't seem like yourself you don't seem like the best version of yourself you don't seem to have the same consistency that i've recognized and i think it's okay to say that because i think so many people don't realize that about themselves until somebody says it because you get you get to a place of functioning in this dysfunction that until somebody else says to you oh you this looks very dysfunctional then you say like oh i may not have recognized that until somebody pointed out for me because I've just been living in this space for so long that this, is just, this has become my norm and I have not thought anything was wrong with it. Yeah. 
Um, so we are going to open up the floor now for a couple of questions. A couple now. Now, don't go crazy. We probably go do maybe answer about three questions, maybe four if it's short answer questions. But you, if you guys have a question, go ahead and drop it into the chat and we will do our best to answer it. Um, so yeah, if y'all have any, if you don't, that's fine. Y'all don't have to ask us nothing. It's fine. Well, yeah, because we can we we'll, we can ramble forever. Like you know, <laughs> it's so funny that I think like how we started off like, oh, we're gonna talk for half an hour on our show. Trap therapist. So what are you gonna say at my funeral now that you killed? Me? <laughs> we are going to say hmm. she was an I amazing. Feel like better, <laughs> I feel like a better question for us what should be okay. Now that you have all this information, what are you gonna do with what we told you? When are you gonna start? You gonna start today? You go put it off to tomorrow. I know people are like I'm gonna start Monday because it's the first day of the week. You ain't doing nothing today. Like, <laughs> come on, like get this. Get do something. Like, do something that you know is actually tangible that you can get done today. Do it today. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your anxiety will tell you that it takes. Have you ever had like a project or something due and you like, oh, this is gonna take forever. I know it's gonna take all day, and you actually do it. And only takes fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> damn. I could have done this a long time ago. The one question I see is, what is one piece of advice you can give to us college students going into the spring semester in regards to staying on top of our work, but also our mental health? Okay, I think that's a great question. So going for the fall semester to spring semester. So I think one thing um, that I would say is go back. When you look back at the fall semester, you should have identified what maybe worked for you this semester, what did not work for you. So kind of outlining, okay, this semester, academically, financially, study-wise, prioritizing, like, what, like, worked for me? Did it work better for me to be, to go to the library to get stuff done? Did, was I actually able to get ready to do stuff in my room? Like, so I was very much in college. I could not get work done in my room. It, I was too easily distracted. I had to go to the library. So I'm like, if I don't go to the library, baby nothing is going to get done um so that was one thing that i think is going to be important to kind of figure out what would what were some of the strengths and what were some of the areas of concern that maybe um worked for you as far as like prioritizing needs and i would say um mental health wise i think that so one thing i would say like i think jessica you're talking about this basically like um a lot of schools have school counselors i want to say all schools have school counselors so like actually find out like because that might be something um in the realm of that um, figuring out your baseline, figuring out what, when I'm a functioning, when I'm functioning well, what does my fitness look like? What do my eating habits look like? What does my sleep look like? What do my studying habits look like? Creating that baseline. And then there are self-care inventories that I have some of my clients do every month that actually like, am I eating poorly? Well, am I eating, you know, every day? Am I sleeping well? Am I doing this? And it focuses on different areas and you can look at it every month um, and you know, do your scores and know like, oh, my scores went down this month, so I stopped doing this as much. Is this something that I need to be focused on? Oh, my spirituality, I'm not doing, I'm not doing as much um, artistically. I'm not creating. I'm not, you know, taking walks um, as much anymore. Is that something I need to focus on? Because I think that's the biggest part of is the recognition of knowing. So I think something like that can help you check in with yourself each month to know, okay, from this month to month, this month, this change. Um, and that may be something I need to get more attention to or less attention to. Um, and then kind of rolling with that as time goes on. Yeah. Nice. That was a solid answer. 
Next question is anxiety. I was told is living in the future that isn't here yet. That is very true. What advice do you have in the respect to the pandemic to people who are struggling with not knowing what the future will look like? I think that all comes down to sometimes we get anxious because the future, we don't have any control over that, right? So it's not the fear of what's not really going to happen. It's really the lack of control, which is the actual fear. So then we have to hone in on what are the things in our environment that we actually can control in the moment, right? I can control what I eat. I can control the people that I have relationships with. I can sometimes control my environment if it's kind of like a physical space where I know I can leave or I know it's toxic to me. So it's really honing in on what exactly can you have control in over in the moment. We can't always control the behaviors of other people, but what we can control is how we react to other people's behavior. We can control our choices that we make, you know, whether you decide to go on a walk today, whether you decide to go shopping and spend all your money, whether you decide to go to the club four nights in a row, whether you decide to actually stay at home and get some sleep. Those are the things that we can actually control. So I think those are the things that you actually have to really digest and really dig in on so you don't become so anxious because really it anxiety is really all about living thinking about the future that is not even here yet girl tomorrow tomorrow is literally not even here let's worry about today you know let's figure out what we can get done today let's figure out the things that bring us enjoyment in the actual moment because listen the world is on fire right now So we can't worry about everything else that's going on. We have to worry about what we have going on in our lives in the actual moment. And then once you do that, I think it's going to really decrease the anxiety that you have because now you're just not not saying that it's selfish to just, it's not selfish to worry about yourself, but you're worrying about yourself. You're worrying about what you can control. And that's really, that's really it. So um, what Jess wanted to do, you know, not our time is almost up. We definitely wanted to end our episode well, in this segment the same way we kind of send our, uh, do our regular episodes, which is our trap song of the week. And it's just a song that is motivational for whatever reason, or we just like, or we just bumping. So my trap song of the week is Get Paid by Young Dolph. Just because I'm a Young Dolph stand, and, and I'm just like, you know, if you're motivation side, whatever, get paid and, you know, do what you got to do and get out here and so my trap song of the week that i'm gonna be blasting and i hope y'all bumping is get paid by young dog for sure it's just this. period my trap song of the week is never ever by trillville because sometimes you guys you gotta let these people know you ain't baby you ain't gonna never be on my level and that's just never. it is never. what it is you can try but can't nobody be like me Before we sign off, we are going to put some amazing resources in the chat that you guys can go to. NAMI is a National Alliance on Mental Illness. It has an amazing, amazing interface that basically tells you everything that you need, all the information. Psychology Today is the second one. Psychology Today basically works like a Google search engine, right? You literally type in what exactly you want in a therapist, whether you want it to be black, brown, white, Uh, part of the LBGTQIA community, what part of the country they're living in, what city, and it literally brings you up a whole entire list of therapists in your area. You can also hone it down to if they're able to take insurance or if it's self-pay. The third one is the Suicide Prevention Hotline. 
you do not have to do you don't have to use it even if you're the person who is suicidal if you know somebody who is dealing with suicidal ideation and you're trying to help them in the moment that is an amazing resource that you can call and the last one is mentalhealth.gov i know there are some people who may be a part of the military or who have um or who are a veteran you can get a whole lot of help from there and then the fourth one is if you are working a job or even if you are in college, reach out to your HR because there might be like an EAP type of program where you have so many built-in free sessions. If you are at a college, all colleges have counseling centers. The counseling sessions are built into your tuition. So you get free therapy on campus if you already do not know that. So some of y'all have been bamboozled. You could see somebody today. <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> and that is it. Thank you guys so much for trapping out with us. It was amazing. Fine. <laughs> <laughs>